0: Hi, welcome to another Mehmuni. Mehmooni too. (laughs) Today, I'm speaking with Angel Noorbach, and I'm so, so excited for for you all to know her if you don't already. She is an engineer, an investment manager, a chartered financial analyst, a community builder, the founder of the Iranian Women's Association in the UK, and an angel investor. Hi, Angel John. How are you? (laughs)
1: Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me today.
0: Thank you so much for putting this time aside and, and speaking with me. Um, uh, let's get right into it because there's a lot to cover. Um, so t- give us a little introduction. Who Who is Angel? Oh,
1: this is a tough question. Um, well, I think everything everything you mentioned is really in a nutshell who I am. And the engineer and the charter of financial analyst just shows that I've got Persian parents and a sucker for exams. But um, in terms of my work, I am an investment manager. I work with a $300 million plus fund of fund, and I help them do their asset allocation, decide where they invest some of their uh, money and, and how uh, kind of to go about that. And, and then outside of work, I run the Iranian Women's Association which is a not-for-profit that I set up in 2014. Mm -hmm. And I am also part of the angel investment program of Ada Ventures, and I'm trying to back immigrant founders.
0: That's amazing. Um, so wh- wh- how did you get started with with your education background? What route did you take? Did you always know that you wanted to go into finance eventually? Um, or was because because you did engineering. And so you're all about tech. And I feel like it somehow lead, feeds into the work you do today in finance. So was there a plan for that? Or did it just happen?
1: Definitely a plan for that. Um, So I moved to the UK when I was 16 from Iran and I um, had gone to a school called Tizushan in Tehran Um, and you know there there's a very big emphasis on maths and you know your kind of more academic side of things and then I came to the UK I was uh, reading the FT to improve my English. And I came across this uh, article about top 50 women in finance. And most of them were talking about how a background in engineering is very helpful in finance because you learn problem solving. So I decided to study engineering to actually work in finance. And that is uh, that was very much planned, yes. That's and I think, I, you know, aside from the fact that Persian parents would be happy for you to study engineering, I think it is a really good degree in the sense that um, you learn problem solving. You learn to deal with quite difficult equations and math that is useful when it comes to doing your financial modeling um, in in the world of finance.
0: That's amazing. So you are a Mohandes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, for, for those of you guys who don't know what Tease Hushan means, um, that means incredibly smart, um, and and the the tehsuhsan education in Iran focuses on maths and sciences a lot. So for someone to go to a T's Hushan school, that is that that is a lot of maths and a lot of science. So um, yeah. Y- yeah, she's a smarty pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so Angel, um, what made you? Want to start the Iranian Women's Association? How how did that happen, and when did it happen?
1: Uh, it happened in 2014, uh, but could kind of, why? Why I have I would have to take a few steps back. When I moved here, okay. you know, yes, as amazing as my school was in Iran, and um, the the kind of more interpersonal skills um, were really not part of our could kind of education, let's say. Um, and I came here and um, there wasn't a place for me to tap into a group of people that would have gone through something similar as me, let's say to learn from them. Then I went to university and started working and during kind of my career, um, I started going to various events in 2014 there was um, an Iranian community Mm -hmm. um, in London that would do events for professionals, but they would rarely have a female speaker. And I knew there were like a huge amount of successful Iranian women here in the UK and globally. So I spotted a gap. Um, I I, I went and spoke to my best friend who was also Iranian. um, And we talked about building a community to give a platform for, to successful Iranian women um, to inspire the next generation and a network for do, those who could need it to tap into it. So that some of the things I went through, someone else doesn't have to. Yeah. Um, and now um, seven years later, um, we've had three flagship programs. One is IWA inspires. So it's a TED style kind of event where these successful Iranian women come and talk about their journey to success. We, the number two is the networking events when people come make um, either friends or professional contacts. Yeah. And then finally we have a mentorship program, but obviously things have been di- slightly different because of COVID and we, we are kind of doing more Zoom events at the moment, but we can't wait to, to go back to in person. Meeting. that's
0: amazing that's that's wonderful angel um so if if someone's listening and they're they want to get involved how how can they go about doing this
1: so they can just go on our website um also we have an instagram page that you can see all of kind of our upcoming events we actually have an event coming up on the 6th of april mm-hmm. um the speaker is a gentleman but the topic is um, women's mental health. So I encourage those who are interested to just kind of sign up for this webinar.
0: Wonderful, I will add the link. Um, so wherever, <laughs> if you're listening to this, go in the descriptions, if you're watching the video, again, in the descriptions, I'll tag everything and you can you can follow Angel and, and her amazing work. I actually got an email about that today. I was When I was checking my emails, I was like, oh, this is from the Iranian Women's Association. Um, um, so I'll, I'll definitely make sure to check that out as well. Um, wonderful. Thank you, Thank you for, that, for that introduction. Okay. So we, we touched r- briefly on um, your, your experience in school and um, university. And I'm wondering if you have any advice to your younger self or any other young person. Maybe they're in school. Maybe they're just graduating.
1: I think two. Number one, uh, that's uh, that's an advice someone gave me, and it is your network is your net worth, Um, and I firmly believe in that. The power of knowledge shared between um, people is can be quite immense, and it has helped me in the past. And then number two uh, would be don't compare your situation. Um, or opportunities with others. This this used to affect me in my twenties quite a lot. I used to think, if um, there is a race of life, yeah. uh, compared to a private school Oxbridge-educated British woman, I am running in mud and they're running on smooth pavement. So my advice to my younger self or any other young person, um, kind of in similar situations as me, is that as true as that analogy may be uh, the best thing you can do is to maximize and leverage the opportunities you have and not compare
0: that's that's great advice and in a way well and and that's sort of what you're creating with the Iranian women's association and you're making it so much easier for for those to come and for y- the younger generations or you know for for everyone really so mm-hmm. That's that's very good advice and very, very well said, Angel. Oh. Um, hmm. Wise, very wise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, shall we get into the, the finance side of things a little bit? Sure. Okay. Um, Can we talk a little bit about your work with Ada Investment and your role as an angel investor?
1: Oh, yes, of course. So, The the Ada Ventures thesis is backing overlooked founders or investing in overlooked markets Mm -hmm. because they firmly believe that would result in higher returns on investments. Um, I have a similar thesis in that there is a huge lack of diversity in VC and that has subsequently led to a herd mentality Um, We see investors backing similar type of founders just because other people did. And that to me, potentially lowers your future returns because it's a crowded trade. My thesis is um, to invest in immigrant founders. Um, And the kind of evidence behind it is looking at um, the numbers in 2019 in the UK. Sixty-five percent of UK's unicorns had at least one immigrant founder. Almost half of UK's fastest-growing startups have at least one immigrant founder, and twenty percent of the FTSE 100 companies had at least one immigrant founder. But why is the VC funding to these type of founders is only pennies on the dollar? And I want to fix that. I want to help fix that because I don't think it's a pipeline issue. I don't think there aren't enough good immigrant founders out there I think is the issue of this the lack of diversity in the VC ecosystem so I'm looking to invest um, as part of this program in immigrant founded startups in female health health um, kind of sector uh, future of living future of consumer and um, climate change uh, I've done two deals so far, but because they haven't been announced, I can't really talk about them. So I'm sorry about that. No problem. Mysterious.
0: We'll keep an eye out. I like mystery.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Perfect. That's that's very exciting, and it's, um, it's quite amazing to see. I was I was reading a blog you wrote, um, on uh, I think it was on the Ada website, and you you quoted um. A line from Tech TechCrunch, and I'm gonna read it out. You probably know. You wrote you wrote this. So um the quote says, Everything that seems to work against immigrant founders ends up being a huge advantage from political roadblocks to cultural barriers to market differences. Immigrants have a knack for transforming challenges into strengths. And I thought that was so beautiful and so so true. Um, so it's, it's wonderful that the work that you're doing, the fact that you've, you've, you know, you and Ada have, have seen this need and are doing something about it. Um, so that's, that's wonderful to see. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited to see who, who the two, uh, companies are. So I will keep a lookout for the announcement.
1: I will tell you this. The first one is an Iranian female founder. The second one is half Iranian, half German founder. So Anyway, well, but I think just going back to the point you made and, and that quote I think what is really important and what gets misconstrued when it comes to this kind of conversation is that um, this is philanthropy this is this is about making money the return on your investments backing this type of founders are better amazing so that's what I think anyway um,
0: yes <laughs> amazing that's that's wonderful um so do you have any advice for um, people, entrepreneurs looking for investors and how they can potentially perfect their pitch?
1: Yes. Uh, the Medium blog you could have referred to, um, it has um, has the key kind of tips um, and it's all written written there so people can go on to that as well. But I think the key point is remember that your audience is an investor not the user of your company there are time and time after time I sit with founders and they're pitching me their business as if I'm going to use it as if I'm going to be the customer for it Um, and that's probably because they're they they've gone out there and solved the problem because they would have been the customer for it if that makes sense but I think what the big advice I would give is, remember your audience is an investor, which means that they want to know how much money they will make. So in the first 30 seconds, try to address the kind of market size, how you're going to make money out of that market size, describe your revenue model, and then go into the kind of the details of what, you are um you're solving and what you're creating because when an investor is interested and understands okay by putting this capital at risk i'm getting xyz in terms of returns then they can ask detailed questions about the product they will be more interested rather than you trying to sell to them a product and then getting them interested in investing so that's number one number two if you seek for investment you're going to probably get advice but if you seek for advice you'll get investment by that I mean if you're going to people if you're in your very first kind of round of financing and going doing your friends and family round or angel round go to people asking for their advice (laughs) because one they will be flattered two they will kind of have more of a interest in understanding what you're doing what the company is doing and then at the end of it they would potentially be interested to invest because they can see you're taking their advice on board you are Mm -hmm. you are a good founder because at that stage most people are backing the team backing the founder so if you go out and ask for advice and you show that you will you're a good listener you're a good founder Mm -hmm. then you probably will get a check out of it wonderful that's uh... I'm enjoying
0: listening to this. It's, I don't know if it like it doesn't really apply to me, but I'm like this is just great life advice in general. So everyone can take take something from this conversation, um, which I which I appreciate. Hmm, well, I'm glad. <laughs> um, okay, so we the next couple of questions I've got for you are sort of more let's say fun questions. They don't really relate to anything. They're more about you.
1: Okay. okay. Um,
0: so. What is your favorite book?
1: Oh, I love reading biographies. I think my top two, every time you ask me a question, I'm giving you two answers. I'm sorry. I love Um, it. My top top two is um, The Shoe Dog uh, by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. And um, It's About Damn Time uh, by Arlen Hamilton. Um, They both have gone through so many challenges so many failures you know the night founder had to have two jobs and his wife and kid had to have beans on toast for months on end mm. and ireland had to sleep in a donut shop for example and they have come out of it incredibly successful and i think it gives me it gives me a bit of i don't know a, a, a bit of a sense of learning from their challenges and their failures and understanding that there is a lot sacrifice to be made. And we rarely see that in the kind of glossy articles we read online about successful people. So that'll be it.
0: That's, That's amazing. What do you think the biggest lesson you've learned is in, you know, throughout your career and life?
1: i think that that point i made earlier about um not comparing yourself and and maybe to add to that it's an element of there were so many times i felt not fitting in mm-hmm. and it really kind of ate me inside and it, it it's almost an element to to that factor of comparing yourself. If you don't compare yourself, you don't feel this, I don't fit in. Um, So I think in my 20s, I really was quite um, worried about that. And I think maybe the biggest lesson I learned was the only thing I could do is to be my, the most authentic self I can be. Yeah. and the the people who made me feel like I don't fit in eventually will get over it. So that's that's
0: re- that's really, really great advice, uh, angel, because I think at the end of the day that is the ultimate advice. Like that is the great question in life is, you know to know thyself. and you know <laughs> without getting too philosophical about it. Um, <laughs> if, if if you know if you're confident and comfortable with who you are, what you like and you own it then you end up making better decisions because you're not like should I shouldn't I should I shouldn't I you just you go mm-hmm. for it and any decision in my opinion probably not in finance I don't know <laughs> <But> <laughs> in, in just life in general any decision you make with assertion mm-hmm. ends up being a good one because you don't waste time double you know thinking about it too much um but please do think about your decisions and don't just go off whim um impulse shopping is not always the thing the best idea that's not what i mean um (laughs) but you know don't don't overthink things this doesn't apply to consumerism (laughs) this does not apply to consumerism no you don't need that
1: new dress we're a lockdown Um, um but I think just to respond to that, th- th- there is a big part of it comes from time and getting older. You know, in your early 20s, all you want to do is fit in because you feel like you're not good enough. You are, um, you haven't proven yourself, be mm. it in a career. You know, you're the most junior person, always gets the grunt work, yeah. et cetera. <laughs> but, then, but then I think, you know, eventually, yeah you kind of build that confidence learn from your mistakes and realize there is no point trying to fit in just be yourself
0: 100% and 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 that's a key point confidence because when you're confident about if you're not confident about what it is that you're delivering you could be delivering the best presentation the best cupcake whatever but if you're not confident about it people aren't going to be confident about it. And that lack of confidence will affect the way the cupcake tastes
1: or the presentation looks. So Exactly. Your, your confidence is portraying a, a level of conviction mm-hmm. and you want the audience to feel that conviction and, and go with it. So I te- definitely agree with you on that one. Do you have any tips for like confidence? What, what do you, what, oh, boost, God. what
0: boosts your confidence? What gets you?
1: there are days I'm really not confident so (laughs) I'm not the best kind of the best person to give this advice but I think you know um have you ever watched this TED talk um, about make it till you become it fake it till you become it Amy I forgot the name of the lady but basically she talks about if you if you have a big meeting coming up or an interview coming up go to the bathroom and do power poses like put your hands up like you're a winner or put your hands on your um kind of um hip body and feel yeah hips and feel like you're powerful and stand tall and that kind of gives you a subconscious level of confidence and you keep doing it and then it gets better and better and that worked for me so i'll say watch that ted talk
0: you know what? That's that's a good point. Like mirror work is uh, is magical. I have, a, um, I have a hype playlist and that's what it's called. It's called hype. So, um, you know, if I need it, I'm doing my, I'm getting ready in front of the mirror. I'm like, hey Siri, play my hype playlist. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm hoping it doesn't go off now because it's some embarrassing music on there, but who cares? It makes me happy and it gives me that confidence. So find whatever it is that gives you your boost and.
1: What kind of music is it? Is it house music? I love house music.
0: It's, it's a little bit of everything, but I feel like it's it's mostly. Um, <laughs> uh, Cheesy music. <laughs> well, kind of like music from the nineties that I would come mm-hmm. home from school, um, put a cassette in my like, you know, um, cassette player and sort of like dance in front of the mirror. Feeling like I'm Britney Spears is that music. <laughs> okay, um, I get you. So feeling my j Lo fantasy uh, <laughs> kind of vibe. But I also listen to cool music,
1: so. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. So the the answer is power poses and some really kind of hype music. You can combine them. They go perfectly yeah. together. But I agree. Kind of <laughs> um.
0: Okay, my, my next question. Um, this may be something you ask people who want you to be an investor. This may be anything else. Okay, let me let me just ask you the question. So okay. I'll set the scene. You've you've met someone new. Um, this could be in a professional setting or just at a restaurant, whatever. And you can ask one question or know one thing. What would that be? What would you want to know most? Or what is the most telling quality
1: in a person? I'm going to do my two answers thing again. Yeah. Uh, if <laughs> I think it really depends on the context. If I'm in a professional, let's say, networking event or a conference or something like that, the question I would ask is, what what brings you here? Because it's open-ended enough. And hopefully uh, the answer will give me something in common to build rapport with the other person with. But if it is in a social setting, like down in the pub, when we're allowed there again, um, I would avoid asking what that person does for a job. Mm-hmm. Because there, I think especially, you know, ha- having the year we've had, some people have been on furlough, and uh, some people really dislike their jobs because purely they see it as a transaction between yeah. hours worked and money. Um, so I don't want to put those people in an uncomfortable position. And the question I would ask, it would be around something super controversial in the news. Because I like to see okay, if it's controversial enough, everyone's seen it, everyone has an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully by sharing that opinion, I can see kind of where some of their values lie and whether we can have the second pint or not.
0: That's brilliant. Oh, oh that is good. I mean, this is my favorite question I ask of people because I feel like it's giving me like everyone's knowledge of life. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I, that, that one I'm going to steal. That's, that's really, really good. Ah, huh.
1: okay. what was your favorite answer so far, apart I mean,
0: from mine? <laughs> well, apart from yours, this one's definitely in in the top top three. Um, one of my favorite ones was, um, so I spoke with Varta, who is um, a chef, and and she said she would want to know if so if if you had a theme song, what would it be? So you walk into a room. song starts playing what song is it
1: i love that that's quite good
0: mine was uh staying alive i don't know who it's by but i just feel like you can walk. if you okay if you watch a person walking down the street any person pick a person and you play that song in your head it goes it goes with every walk and that's why i love it and yeah, it's a nice cheesy song. This isn't the best episode for my taste of music. I don't think no, I think I think people are questioning your yeah, your I, taste of music I need I need to do a follow up like music episode <laughs> um, to, to prove my you know what? No, I'm confident in my music. This season, <laughs> if I've learned one thing from Angel, it's that I'm confident and I'm assertive in my decision. so i'm I'm sticking good. Me. Exactly. Um, Mercy, <laughs> um angel this has been a wonderful wonderful conversation as so sohbat can canon but um you're you're an amazing person and i'm and i'm so grateful for all the work that you're doing um you know in, in the community and in, in the for the iranian women's association and your work as an angel investor just everything um so touch wood um so thank you for for being you and for joining me today Um, Do you have any, any finishing remarks, anything you want to say before we say goodbye?
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, You've been a great interviewer and putting me at ease completely. Um, I think (laughs) I'm going to do my two things again. I'm going to say, number one, be your true self. Um, But number two, if um, any of any of your audience um, has a startup and they're looking for funding they can reach out to me on linkedin uh, or use the medium blog there is a form there they can put their um, details and their pitch deck and i'll be more than happy to take a look
0: fantastic thank you for that i will i'll add the link to the description of the video so again look out for it if you're listening and you and you are interested in in Uh, reaching out to Angel. Uh, Thank you so much and goodbye for now. Bye.